you this morning that you are able to declare that your sin is nailed to the cross and you are free in Jesus Christ. That's what we're celebrating this Easter morning. And uh, I know that in the culture we live in, uh, Easter has become about uh, chocolate bunnies and eggs, and that is not what uh, really we're celebrating at all. We're celebrating the fact that Jesus Christ loved us so much that he was willing to pay the price for our sin on the cross so that we could stand in the very presence of God, forgiven, new, cleansed, clean, guilt-free, new life in Jesus Christ. If that doesn't excite you, I don't know if you're alive. <laughs> We're so glad that you're here. We're so glad that you've come to worship with us this morning. We're going to take uh, an offering this morning. If you're a guest with us, we're not asking that you put anything in. It's one of the ways that we at Mossbrook Church worship. It's one of our ways that we honor God. We realize that everything we have comes from him. It's a gift from God. And one of the ways that we admit our need of him is by giving. It's by saying, yep, all that I have is yours. Thank you so much, God, for your generosity to us. And I admit the fact that the blessings that I have come from your hand. And so when we give here at Mossbrook, we're giving because God has blessed us. So if you're a guest, we're not asking that you put anything in. As that goes by, don't feel obligated at all. If you came prepared to worship and giving, go ahead as that goes by you this morning. I'm going to pray and thank God for the opportunity that we have to be here. And after I pray, I'm going to ask that you just remain seated. The band has a, a special number, and we just want you to, to sit uh, through that number, and just think about what God has done for us uh, as we celebrate Easter together. So would you bow with me? Father, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to be here in freedom this morning, to worship together, to lift up your name, to re be reminded of what your son Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. Thank you that my sin was paid for. Thank you that I have a, an opportunity to have forgiveness and new life in Jesus Christ this morning. Thank you that everyone that's here has the chance to stand before you as a new person. Thank you that you love us and you care for us. And I pray that our attention would be focused on the finished work of Jesus Christ this morning. I pray that your spirit would be able to remove whatever things that would distract us from hearing from you. And I pray that we would see Jesus Christ, just Jesus Christ this morning. Thank you for the opportunity we have to worship in giving. I pray that you would bless as folks give this morning. Bless our hearts, bless our minds, bless our souls. Help us to see Christ. In your name we pray. Amen. Father, thank you so much that we can worship and uh, we can praise your name. And as the song says, oh, for a thousand tongues to say our great Redeemer's praise, to bring glory to his name. Thank you for what we're celebrating this morning, the fact that your son, Jesus Christ, went to the cross and paid the price for our sins so that we could have hope and freedom in life. Now, Lord, in the next few moments as we open the word of God, I pray that your spirit would be free to touch our hearts, to speak to us, to encourage us. For those who uh, know Jesus Christ and have a relationship with him, Lord, I pray that they would be encouraged in their faith this morning. For those who are looking for hope, looking for an opportunity at life, I pray that they would 
be introduced maybe for the first time to who Jesus Christ is and what Jesus Christ wants to do in their hearts this morning. God, thanks for your presence. Thanks for the promise that where we are as believers in Jesus Christ, you will meet with us. Thank you that you promise to meet our every need and to encourage our hearts. So we ask that you would do that in the next few moments. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Thanks. You can have a seat. We're so glad that you're here. We've been working through the book of Hebrews. Uh, We started a few weeks ago and uh, we're going to continue that study this morning and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about who Jesus Christ is and this morning I want to just ask you to do something for me. I want to ask you if you would as I spend the next 25 minutes or so looking at the word of God I'd like to ask you to consider Jesus Christ this morning. And if you're sitting here and you go, yeah, I've already done that. I'm already a Christ follower. No, I I want you to stop and I want you to consider Jesus Christ this morning. Don't gloss over it. Don't think you know everything about him yet. Just consider Jesus. And maybe you've been invited this morning or you decided to come this morning and and, uh, you don't know very much about Jesus Christ or you haven't met him yet personally. Would you consider Jesus this morning? Would you just stop what's going on in your life and in your mind? Because I know you and, and you know me. We've got stories. There's things running through your mind. Some of you are preparing a meal for a bunch of people and you're wondering if the ham's going to be ready after church. Just don't worry about it. If it's not, it'll be ready later. It's okay. It's all good. If it burned, that's fine. Just cut the crust off and eat what's left. It's all good. Would you just stop though? And would you just consider Jesus this morning for a few minutes? Just, just for a few minutes. This week, in your life and in mine, you were asked to consider a lot of different things. Let me help you with that. You were asked to consider what clothes to wear, what food you should eat. It's tax season. You were asked to consider your taxes If you haven't, you need to. You may have been asked to consider some opportunities at work. You were probably asked to consider what you'd like to do in the evenings when you got home from work. If your parents, you were asked to consider what your kids were about to do or what they wanted to do or what you hoped they weren't doing. You considered where you would like to go. You considered the people you wanted to hang out with. You've considered the events that you wanted to be part of or you wanted to be involved in this last week or this weekend. You considered a lot of different parts about your family and your individual lives and your own selfish or your own self ambitions or the directions that you thought you wanted to go. But did you realize that you also considered a lot of things that you weren't even planning on considering this last week? And one of the biggest ways that you considered things this last week is you were drawn into advertisements that you didn't even know were happening to you. Let me explain a little bit. Advertising really took off in a big way in the 1970s. And in the 1970s, the average person was introduced to 500 to 1,600 ads a day. 
It was the beginning of the advertisement blitz. And whether you knew it or not, in the 1970s, there was product placement, there were people saying things, there were people whispering things into your life, stuff that you needed that you didn't know you need, and they were, they were whispering those ads into your life. By 2007, the average person was getting 5,000 ads a day pushed at them in, from various forms and different ways. Today, it's pushing 10,000 ads a day. You are being asked to consider up to 10,000 different things every day of your life that you may or may not be aware of. And this whole advertising thing has become so big that it's a massive form of revenue. And so it continues because people are making big bucks off it. Google last year in advertising alone made $134 billion, that's with a B, billion dollars just off advertising. Facebook, some of you supported them, Facebook, $69 billion off of advertising last year alone. And maybe more troubling than all of those things that I just told you is this, that your kids, little kids, are being exposed to 554 different brands every day of their life. We as human beings are being asked to consider a lot of things every day of our lives, whether you're aware of it or not. And there's a whole pile of people are making tons of money off you considering different things that some are in your control, some are not. And I want you to think about the word consider this morning for a minute. Because the word consider doesn't just mean a glance at. The word consider actually means this. It means, it means to think enough to understand. It means to get the thought deep enough down into my mind and my heart that I understand what it is that's going on or I understand the decision that I am about to make. Now, here's the sad thing about this is in advertising and in our daily lives, we have kind of run into this thing in our life where we allow things to happen to us. We don't happen to them anymore. We allow things to happen to us. And what that means is this, is we see something and if the product placement is right at the right time, right? You know what I'm talking about. You sat down the other evening to watch your favorite show and the advertisement came up and said that you needed, you needed a Coke and a pizza. And you were sitting there on your couch and you're like, wow, I just ate 35 minutes ago, but man, a Coke and a pizza would be really good. That's product placement. And we consider things, we, we consider them in our mind, we think about them in our mind without even really thinking about it. And this morning, I want to ask you to actually consider the way you should, which is this. It's an intellectual process where you think through so that you understand what is being asked of you to make a decision. That's what I want you to do. I don't want you to have a cursory look, like a glance at. 
I want you to think about Jesus Christ. I want you to think about the person of Jesus Christ, who he is, what he has done on your behalf, on my behalf. If you think very long about Jesus Christ, you realize that all of our history surrounds what Jesus Christ has done, the fact that Jesus Christ came, right? B.C., before Christ. A.D., which is after death. Jesus Christ is a massive figure in the history of mankind, and he's a pivotal figure in the history of mankind. And what you think about who he is or what he did will change the course of your life if you'll allow it. And so this morning, I'm asking you for the next few moments, not like the advertisements that flash by and we don't really think about, I'm asking you to stop, if you would, and consider, think, to understand who Jesus Christ is and what he's done. Carefully think about it. We're going to do that from one verse of scripture this morning, and that's found in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. It'll be on the screen. If you don't have a Bible with you, you can read it with me on the screen. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, consider Jesus, there's the word, the apostle and high priest of our confession. That word at the very beginning of this verse is therefore, and if you've been around Moss Brook very much, you know that Mike and I will always stop and say, if you see the word therefore, you have to ask what it's there for. And here's the, the point that you need to understand is that the prior two chapters of the book of Hebrews, the author was telling us that Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ, he's equal to God. We talked about that in chapter one. He is God. He he is one of the persons of the Godhead. He's God, Jesus Christ, equal to God, but he's greater than all of the prophets of the Old Testament. Remember, this book was being written to a group of Hebrews, a group of Jews, and the Jews understood the Messiah. They understood the Father, and they understood the prophets because the prophets had spoken the word to them so from God, so they knew that the prophets were really, really important. And the first two chapters tell us this, Jesus is more important than the prophets. And then the second part that comes out of those two chapters is this, not only is he more important than the prophets, the angels had showed up at different, shown up at different points in, in, in the Old Testament and they had spoken a great word to the people. And the author says, hold it, not only is Jesus more important than the prophets, Jesus is more important than the angels could ever be. And if you remember that week, we talked about this, that even the angels worship and honor Jesus Christ because he's so much greater than they are. So therefore, because Jesus is first place, preeminent, number one, because Jesus is in first place, therefore, therefore, brothers and sisters who share in this holy calling. Now, I got to stop there for a minute. I know we just stopped it therefore, but you got to understand the context or all of this verse. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters who have been called to the holy calling. So this verse is being written to people who already know Jesus Christ. Well, what do they know about Jesus Christ? They know this. You got to think these were Jews who sacrificed for their sin. And they had been introduced to Jesus Christ and what Jesus Christ did for them on the cross. And this is what they understood. They understood this, that they were sinners. That's me, by the way. I'm a sinner. I hate to tell you this this morning. I know it's Easter. 
I know you got dressed up to come to church, but you're a sinner too. We're sinners. These people that, that the author was writing to, they all understood the fact that they were sinners. And this is what they understood. They understood that not only were they a sinner, they were in need of a savior. They understood this, that they couldn't pay the price for their own sin. It's impossible. I'm not that good. I can't be that good. And they couldn't pay the price for their sin. And so somebody had to do that for them. And what they understood was the Messiah, the one who would come, the Lamb of God, who went to the cross and shed his blood, paid the price for their sin, and they accepted his sacrifice. They accepted his payment for their sin. And because of it, this verse says it this way, therefore, holy brothers and sisters who are part of the heavenly calling, because they understood their need of a savior, because they accepted the price that was paid for them, they now have a home with God in heaven. They're part of the heavenly calling. They understood their need and they responded to their need. Well, how did they respond? What did they look like? How did they finally get to the place where they understood? They realized that something that all of us deal with, we all struggle at one point or another in our lives with realizing that we can't get to heaven on our own. We're not good enough. Have you ever sat and felt empty and felt the whole the whole thing of life just seems meaningless? It seems like I can't get it together. I can't do it on my own. These Jewish people felt that same way. They said, look, we, we do all the sacrifices. We do everything we're supposed to do. And yet, I, I still feel like I'm not good enough. I can't make it. And guess what? You can't. I can't. And here's why. Romans 5 says it this way. Therefore, just as sin entered into the world through one man, Adam, then death through sin. And in this way, death spread to all people because all had sinned. Here's why we all feel like we fall short. Here's why we all feel at one point or another that we're empty and we need something in our life that's different. It's because sin, the sin in our lives has separated us from our creator, from God himself. And the, the point of sin in our life is this, that sin leads us all to the same place, death and separation from God. Romans 6 says it this way, for the wages of sin is death, but a gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. The only outflow or the only outcome of sin is always death. It's emptiness. It's loneliness. It's a weight that we all carry. But I love Romans 5. Romans 5, 6, and 10 say it this way. And this is what these people came to the place that they understood. It says it this way. For while we were still helpless. I love that. At just the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For if well we were not just helpless. Look at the next word in this verse. It says this. For if we were well, well we were enemies of God. Not just helpless. We were against the person of God we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, Jesus Christ. Then how much more, having been reconciled, we will be saved by his faith. 1 John 1.9 says it this way. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us 
from all unrighteousness. So what did these brothers and sisters who are now in Christ, what did they understand? They understood that their sin separated them from God. That their sin brought loneliness and emptiness and death into their life. They understood that there was no way for them to reach God in and of themselves. And they needed someone to do something that they couldn't do. Guess what? I need the same thing. You need the same thing. We needed a savior. We needed someone to pay the price for sin on our behalf. And God in his incredible love sent Jesus Christ to the cross, the perfect lamb of God, to shed his precious blood to cover, to pay the price of my sin and yours. And these folks, these Jewish believers, these folks that came to understand that, he says, now, brothers and sisters, you have a home. You belong. You have a heavenly calling. And the next couple of words in that verse, go back to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. It says this. It says, now consider Jesus. Back to this. Think about Jesus. Consider Jesus. Consider who he is. Remember what I said early, earlier. The word consider means to think deeply, give my full attention to, give all of my effort to the point of understanding who Jesus is and what he can do. If you're not a follower of Jesus Christ this morning, consider Jesus. Consider the payment for your sin. It's Jesus. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ this morning, consider Jesus. He's worth living your life for. He's, he's worth giving everything that you have to him, to his cause, to his means, to his kingdom. Consider Jesus. But this verse ends with two more thoughts, and I want you to get them before we close this morning, and here it is. Consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. Now that seems strange. We don't talk that way, okay? But the author thought it very important to give us these last two thoughts in this verse. He says this, consider Jesus the apostle and the high priest of our confession. First, he calls Jesus an apostle, like, that's kind of strange. Wasn't that the 12 disciples that were the apostles? Well, the word apostle simply means this. It means one who is sent with a message. And so this morning, I want you to, I want you to think this way. Consider Jesus the one who was sent with a message from God to me and to you. Let me make it a little stronger for you. Consider Jesus, the one who is the message of God for me and for you. He's the messenger, but he is the message, folks. You say, Tim, what do you mean by that? He's the Lamb of God. He's God himself who came to dwell among us, not for his good, but for ours. Because we had no way to reach God by ourselves. It was impossible. And God loved those who he created in his own likeness and his own image so much that he said, look, I don't want separation between us. Not anymore. 
I want there to be a way that they could be made right with me, that they could have a relationship with me. And so he sent Jesus Christ, the very image and likeness of God, so that we could be made right. Jesus, the apostle, is the message of love and forgiveness from God to mankind. But then he keeps going. And he says, I didn't just send the one who is the message, the apostle, the messenger. I sent the high priest. And so his second note here is this. Consider Jesus the high priest. Who is the high priest? Well, Jesus, the high priest, the high priest is the one who brought the sacrifice from man, the sinner, to God, the perfect one. And so he sent the messenger and the apostle, and he said, here's the message of God for mankind. And then he said this, I'm sending you Jesus, the high priest. And Jesus, the high priest, is the one who will be the sacrifice so that we can be in the very presence of God. He will be the sacrifice for our sins so that we have the right to be with God. It's an incredible concept, folks. We're no longer on the outside because Jesus, the high priest, showed up. Now, if you remember from the Old Testament, a high priest went before God once a year for the price, to pay the price of sin, and it was a sacrifice that was made. And every year he had to repeat the same thing again and again. But this high priest, this high priest is different because Jesus went to the cross. He died on that cross, right? Good Friday. We celebrate the fact that Jesus was crucified. He died on the cross. But he did something that no one else could do or will ever do again. After he paid the price for sin, he was put in a tomb. He was buried. And then we celebrate on Easter morning. What do we celebrate? He's risen. He rose again and he did what no one else can do. He defeated sin. He defeated death. He defeated the, the price of sin, which is death and separation from God. And so as a high priest, he did what no other high priest has ever done or can ever do. Once and for all, he paid for my sin and for your sin. And he defeated death and sin. He came as a message. I'm God. I love you. But he came as a high priest. I'm offering you forgiveness. I've paid the price. Let me ask you something this morning. Have you received the messenger, Jesus? And have you experienced the payment of the high priest? It's called forgiveness. It's called freedom. It's called new life. This morning, the band's going to lead us as we close in a song about the resurrecting power of God on the cross. And if you're a believer, I want you to sing with us, and I want you to consider what Jesus Christ has done for you, the messenger and the high priest. If you don't have a relationship with Christ, listen to the words. Think about what you could have 
in Jesus Christ this morning. Would you stand with us as we sing this together? This Can I ask something of you? Would you not treat this like an advertisement? That just goes in one ear and goes out the other? But would you truly consider Jesus Christ? Would you consider what he's done on your behalf? And if you're here this morning and you're empty and you're searching, Jesus wants to offer life. Life in a way that you've never experienced before. And it's free. It's admitting that I can't pay the price for my sin, only Jesus can. And yielding my spirit to his and saying yes. Yes, Jesus, thank you and I accept your gift. I repent. I admit that I can't do this on my own. I need Jesus. And if you're a Christ follower here this morning and you've been, pre- you've been treating Jesus as an advertisement, week in and week out, he speaks your name, he asks you to be all in, to give your life, and you treat him like an advertisement, would you stop? Would you consider Jesus It's a life like no other. And the freedom and the hope and the forgiveness and the ability to help others in ways that you could never dream only comes from saying yes. I'm yours. You got me. You got all of me. Would you consider Jesus? Father, Would you grant us the courage to say yes to you wherever we find ourselves this morning? It's so easy for us to treat you like an advertisement, something that might be cool, (laughs) might be helpful, but maybe I don't need it. When in reality, your life, your breath, you're everything we need. God, by your spirit, draw us to yourself. Make us want you, love you, and yield to you. In your precious name we pray, amen. If you want to chat with me after, we're going to sing just one more chorus and we'll be done this morning. But if you want to talk about Jesus, if you want to consider Jesus and you want help with that, I'd love to chat with you after be right up front afterward. So would you join us as we finish singing together this morning?